Are you feeling unfulfilled in your career and tired of living for the weekend? Do you want to create a life and business you don't need a vacation from? I'm your host, Wendy Schultz, and this is Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Today, I have joining me Mark Kumachek. Mark and I go way back to St. Norbert College, uh, class 2000 in Greenville, Wisconsin, or De Pere, technically. Um, so yeah, he is doing some amazing things out in the world, and so I wanted to have him join me. And Mark, why don't you introduce yourself? Awesome. Thanks, Wendy. It's great to be here. Yes, our history goes way back to St. Norbert days. I'm excited to connect to someone back from the class of 2000. Yeah. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. You're me. in Florida. I'm up in Wisconsin still. Brilliance of technology. I love it. That's right. And it works. Cool. Doesn't right. work. Well, absolutely. Well, that's the part of the benefit of this whole quarantine, the silver lining of it is I think it's absolutely. helped us all reach out to people and uh, connect in ways we haven't in the past. So um, I've been enjoying that. Been doing a lot of this kind of stuff and reconnecting with people. So appreciate this opportunity, Wendy. That's awesome. So tell me what um, what your business is called and and what you're doing out in the world. Yeah, my business is called Onward, and uh, that kind of came about. Just it became my signature line on emails and the like. Instead of sincerely or uh, wishing you the best or anything like that, I just started signing my things Onward about five years ago. Little did I know at that time it'd become the name of my business. Yeah. Um, but, and a Disney movie. Yeah, exactly. That and that came about too. I'm like, oh man, is that going to steal my thunder? But that, that that movie didn't go get a lot of spotlight actually in the end. No, it's not. It's a cute movie. My daughters right. love it. But yeah, right. no. But I actually I thought maybe it'll support my brand a bit. But it didn't. It did either. Right. People <laughs> once in a while they're like, that might and ask them if they ever heard of the movie Onward, and you get about fifty fifty response. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's but awesome. It's been, it's been kind of cool, and it, it just kind of it summarizes and in a word, my philosophy on life, which yeah. is obviously live in the present, but always be looking about, looking forward to where you're heading. Cause I think it's, it's hugely important for people to foster an inner belief that their future is greater than their past or the future can be bigger than their past. That's awesome. Because um, when you have that, everything changes. When you don't have that, the opposite side of the coin, you think about that when you believe your past is greater than your future, that's when all sorts of heck begins to happen in your life, right? Yeah. Um, you don't achieve, you get depressed, you have a lot of self-doubt creeping in. Creeping in. Um, so I'm a huge believer, and that's one of the things I preach is believing that your future can be and will be bigger than your past. That's awesome. Um, so that's kind of the name behind the business. Um, what I do is I do some coaching and consulting work, and I really I increase engagement and, and performance of teams and organizations by helping their, their people within that organization uh, become the best versions of themselves. And I do that in a unique way by challenging them to uh, reconnect, reignite, re-engage with their life goals and dreams, and then putting, play, putting in place plans to make things come to life and achieve. And in doing that, you, you, you touch people in a way where they become more passionate and engaged in life, and that translates them to being more passionate, engaged, and effective at work. Um, so that's kind of how it all fits together. And I kind of, I ended up on this journey when a book called the dream manager. Yeah. Great book. Yeah. And that this book, um, truly changed my lives. I know we, a lot of times we say books change our lives, but this one truly did change the whole trajectory of my career focus and, uh, and really my life philosophy. 
Yeah. So tell me, tell us a little bit about that book. Well, the book is based on a, it's, it's written as a fable, but it's based on a real life company uh, based in Cincinnati, Ohio. And it happens to be a janitorial company. And this janitorial company is having all sorts of issues uh, with turnover um, and retention of employees. And we're talking astronomical turnover, 400% uh, turnover. And yeah, so they're having to hire a lot of people. And obviously when you have that level of turnover and you have, you know, people coming and going all the time, the quality of your work stinks Mm -hmm. and you have a hard time bringing on new clients. So they're trying all sorts of different things to resolve this. Um, they, they put in place a transportation program was the first step they took because they were, they figured out that their people weren't able to um, have find reliable transportation to get to their work sites. So they put that in place and it has a pretty cool impact on their retention. They start to see some numbers creep down. But as part of that, they also learn a little bit more about their employees because actually one of the owners of the company is their first shuttle driver. Um, so uh, yeah. he, he st- tends to learn a few things and then goes back to his wife, who's the other co-owner. And they start talking about different concepts. What they ended up putting in place is at the time they called it a dream engineer. Uh, They put in place a dream engineer on their team who was responsible to be there and meet with their employees to help them do what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Articulate, plan for, and ultimately achieve your goals and dreams in life. And when they put this resource into play, they found two things. First, they found people became more engaged at work because they were more engaged in life as a whole. And in this world where everything's so integrated between work life and home life, I think that's a natural that we don't necessarily think of that. It sounds too simple, but if you help someone achieve a dream in their life as a whole, and they learn skills to help achieve that dream and they gain some confidence, you're naturally going to see them be much more effective at work. Mm -hmm. And it's not a bridge that a lot of companies traditionally have been willing to step across. You know, so it's a different concept, but it's an ultra simple concept. So they saw that happen, the skill development and the engagement happen, but they also saw their retention numbers start to come down uh, dramatically. And uh, it was an increased sense of loyalty. You think about it, you, you as an organization, if you have a program in place that ultimately helps someone buy their first home or take that dream vacation or run that marathon, um, I think you're going to have a pretty good sense of loyalty that's developed there too, that keeps people around. Uh, but they, so they put this program in place and, and they saw their, uh, their turnover number drop by 300% versus their industry norm uh, in, in a cleaning business. Um, so I read that book and it stuck with me. It was written as a fable. I'm like, okay, it's a fable. So how realistic is this? Later I learned it's based on the true story. I learned the true story behind it. Um, and then I kept an eye for a couple of years on, on companies that were doing this because I wanted to see in real life how applicable this was. And as I saw more and more success stories, I'm like, okay, there's something to this. And I feel a calling and an itch that just won't go away. Um, so that's where I made the decision to go all in and really focus my, my career on helping organizations become the best versions of themselves by helping the people within their organization strive to become better versions of themselves. It's cool how it's all linked together. That's awesome. So I've always been talking about my burnout in, in corporate and yes. leaving corporate and trying, you know, get people to, to hang up their, well, I don't know what, you know, single start a new business, right. leave the corporate behind. But I like that you're actually going into corporations and trying to make them better, 
for that employee engagement and loyalty and things that I think a lot of people feel are lacking, which causes them to want to leave. So right. what are you seeing so far in, um, you know, in the corporations that you're, you're starting to break into and, and seeing um, meeting with? What's well, really cool, kind of hitting on what you say, I mean, some people in the organization, it's, a, it's not a match between them and the organization for whatever reason, but we're fearful, right? We find ourselves in a, uh, it's, it's actually, I'll take a step back. My why is based on a quote by um, Henry Thoreau back in 1885 when he went to Walden. When he started his journal, a few pages in, he, he wrote down, most men and women need lives of quiet desperation and they go to the grave with their music still in them. That's a quote that haunts me yeah. and gets me out of bed every day because yeah. I want to end that quiet desperation for so many people. Right. So what right. you're talking about is you know helping people escape that. You see a lot of organizations, and one of the beauties of this, a lot of organizations embrace that, the, the concept of let's help that quiet desperation, even if that means you need to go on and do something else, let's help you make that happen. Yeah. So you'll see a lot of times organizations get involved in that and help people truly and what makes them tick and understands what their dreams are. Um, one of the things I do with a group is a, a dream storm session. And a dream storm session is working through uh, 20 fun and energetic questions to get people to, again, reignite their life goals and dreams. And one of those questions is, what's your dream job? You can imagine stepping into an organization and asking people what their dream job is. Some people are apprehensive. Some people are very open to it. And like you mentioned, they say, hey, I would really like to start my own business someday. Well, as part of this process, they get to, if they identify as a, as a goal they want to work on together with me, we start to put a plans into place. And it, it's cool when an organization's in a position where they're comfortable enough within their own skin to say, if we're better off, you know, over the next two years, you're going to continue to give your best to us, but we're also going to position you for that next step in your, in your life journey. Um, we're all in on that. Yeah. And it's a pretty empowering spot to be, but who wouldn't want to work for an organization like that? Right. That's really in it for um, human development. Yeah. You know, a human development company uh, there to really, you know, maximize the individual uh, uniqueness of each people person on their team whether that's remaining with the company for a long period of time, which in a lot of cases is the case, or it's helping them move on to that next step in their life. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think, you know, being, having a company that is comfortable in their own skin and, and even developing, if someone wants to become a business owner, the concept of an intrapreneur where you can help them right. to yes. claim ownership of something that they can build within the company, which yeah. helps the company. Right. Um, that's, that's really powerful. It'll help them, um, help the company, help the individual and right. continue to, um, you know, build something that they're kind of getting their training wheels. Exactly. That. Well, it's funny too, because in this day and age too, with, you know, so many side hustles and things like that too. Mm -hmm. I think it's wise for employers to embrace that. Yeah. Because if you encourage people and you help them through that process, they are most definitely learning new skills that, in most circumstances, they're applying to the workplace as well. Yeah. So I think embracing that and helping them in that journey and helping them bring their true self to work every day, which is usually reflected in their side hustle, is very healthy for organizations. Yeah. They, they reap the benefits of it. I mean, yeah. I see it all the time. You learn a new skill because you're, you're starting a boutique online. 
um, but you're also involved in an organization that needs some website updates, I think you probably have learned a few skills that you could apply to your, your colleagues at work. And you can mm -hmm. share with your colleagues at work. Yeah. It just fits together. And I think we just all have to be cognizant of that's where our world is heading. And I think this whole COVID thing has probably accelerated that quite a bit with more of us working remotely and being more and more comfortable connecting via technology. I think those opportunities are going to be um, more commonplace than they are now uh, in the next five years. So if I was leading an organization at this point, I would be all about embracing those and, and thinking a little bit differently about the, um, shall I say, traditional employee-employer relationship where it's all about the workplace. I'm all about helping organizations rip that down and have a little bit more of an intimate relationship with their people. Mm -hmm. And that starts by truly understanding their life goals and dreams. Yeah, right. I mean, well, I thought, I remember when I, when I graduated college and you know, all along, you're like, you can be whatever you want to be. You could be an astronaut. Right. You know, you grow up thinking all these things and then yeah. you get out into the, the real world. Right. And then all of a sudden there was this kind of, um, you know, loss of self. It's like, oh, yes. oh, this, you know, what, what's going on here? This isn't what I quite thought it was going to be. So we were talking before we started recording about just the, you know, the growing up and having limitless dreams and then yes. losing those. So let's, uh, let's dive into that a little bit. So what do you see out there? Well, what happens far too often, again, in my humble opinion, and I think most of you will agree with this, between the time we're eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, we dream without limits. And then unfortunately, the majority of our, the sequence in our lives is that we become quote unquote responsible adults. And it's somehow, we don't even know when this happens. We stop making room to dream. We stop giving ourselves permission to dream. We stop thinking we even deserve to dream because we're caught in that quiet desperation mode where we get up in the morning, we make our coffee, we eat our cereal, we get the kids all ready for school, we get them off to school, and then we go to our job and we do whatever we need to do for our eight to 10 hours a day. And then we go shuffle kids around and hopefully throw, throw some dinner together. Everyone gets to bed and maybe you have 10 minutes of quiet before you doze off because you're exhausted. And then you start it all over again. And some repeats. Right. So the quiet desperation Henry David Thoreau talked about in 1885 I'm sure is vastly different than what we see today, but it's still present. Yeah. And I believe the strongly believe the antidote to that is getting people and encouraging them to take time to really think through what they want to get out of life. Cause we have one trip, right? One time. So what do you want to get out of life? What are your dreams? And sometimes dreams is too fluffy of a word for some people. What are your dreams or what are your life goals? Let's talk about them. Let's talk about them. Yeah. And in doing that, and I'll use some questions a lot of times as part of a dream storm, people will come back after and say, you know what? No one's ever asked me those questions before. But it starts with asking the right questions and then encouraging people to, I'm a big fan of this, pen to paper, pencil to paper, write things yeah. down. That's where it starts becoming real. If you don't do that and it's all up here, and believe me, when I got to 40 in the last few years, it's I can't <laughs> all stay up anything, there. <laughs> so I have to write everything down. But there's something powerful that happens as soon as you start writing your life goals and dreams down. Yeah. You bring yourself back to that time when you're eight, nine, 10 years old and dream of being that, that uh, sports star or tra that world 
that world traveling adventure, sailing around the world or whatever it might be, you start, your dreams look different than they did then, but they're just as glorious and they get you just as energized. Yeah. And, and really then once you start the wheels in motion of starting to bring those to life, your true self starts to step, for, step forward. And I know it can sound cliche because you hear this term all the time, the best version of yourself, mm-hmm. but I truly believe the best version of yourself starts to reveal itself and step forward. Yeah. That's good for you and it's good for your organization. Yeah, absolutely. And even as a business owner and um, seeing even in our own organizations, the small business and helping to develop our people by, you know, I I think that there's a couple of things that even happen from the time, you know, you're 10 where your parents and everybody in society is like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And like, oh, that's so cute. You want to be, you know, we want to be that. And Uh, yeah, you can do it. And then all of a sudden that, that story changes when you get to be a certain age and now you need to be responsible. Now you got to, that's not, that's not responsible. So you do start to suppress those dreams. And then also um, I think a lot of it is do that people think they have, they'll do it someday. There's so much time. I have all the time when I retire or, you know, right. You're so true. It's so many people say when I do, when this and this and this fall into place, then I'll do that. Right. But then this and this fall into place. And then you put two more barriers up before it happens. It's, it's our tendency, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a moving target. It's always a moving target. And that, um, it's, it's true. You know, a lot of people questioned why we moved down to Florida now before our kids are out of school. Mm -hmm. and um it was because first of all was my dream I didn't want um you know I love I love Wisconsin hated the winters that was no no secret to anyone who knew me um and it was a dream of mine and you know it I was the best version of myself because I made a decision to move to a place that supported my you know the the sun the the warmth the you know the mood right. it helps me right. so much mm-hmm. and our kids are now you know and they also learned that they can there could be change in their lives and they will adapt and they they made new great friends and we've made right. great new friends and um they've learned so much from that process but also um one of the things that made kind of triggered this in my mind was that you know, people will say, well, we'll move after the kids are out of school. Right. Well, then they go to college close to where, you know, maybe close to home. And then you don't want to leave your, you know, you don't want to leave them then, or you don't want to leave your grandkids behind. So we always thought we're going to get them established in a place that we want to be. Hopefully they'll stay close by. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's a, it's a wise move. It's, so, it's, yeah. It was like, you know, there's always something that'll come up that will continue to totally. push off that dream if you allow it to. Right. Well, I love something you said there too. I mean, when you're living in Wisconsin and all that stuff, you you end up living someone else's vision for the best version of you. But when you have the courage to really think through what you want to do, and and it's not to say I don't respect the opinions of others, but you got to put it in a certain place and you have to understand your, your purpose in life is to be the best version of Wendy, not to be the best version of Wendy that in the eyes of Jane and Joe and my mom and dad and my grandma and grandpa. Yes. They all have opinions in that, but we truly need to take that time to understand what the best version of ourselves look like. That's and, and, and that's, that takes some <laughs> powerful reflection and some powerful quiet time in order to really cover what that is. 
Yeah. And, and I'm a big believer that it, it starts to come out as soon as you start giving yourself that permission to dream again. Well, and that's a, that's a big area of concern for a lot of people is what will people think if I follow this dream? Oh, absolutely. What do you see when you're out <laughs> about with um, talking with your, your sessions and, and talking to your groups? What, what kind of concerns are coming up for them? Oh, that, that comes up quite often. And I can relate to that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, my journey when I told my dad that I was going to be a dream manager, he's like, you're going to what? And then when I talked to my wife about it initially too, she's like, how are you going to make a living doing something like that? So that skepticism is definitely there. Um, But if you don't take it head on and you don't really embrace it, you're always to your point, you're always going to wait for all these things to line up and they're never going to line up because you're always going to be relying on the good opinions of others to drive your life unfortunately. So it is one of those objections that comes up all the time. What's so-and-so going to think? You know, more than, there might be that level of surprise. If it's something that's a little bit out of your nature, you want to go try this new hobby of rock climbing. You know, people will tell you how dangerous it is, or that doesn't seem like, that doesn't seem like the mark I know. You know, you're going to get that, but as soon as, and a lot of times that, that's them trying to understand really what what you're up to and things like that but once you have some dialogue with them and discussion with them people tend to be pretty supportive and if they're not unfortunately that's when as my coach would say that's when you have to weed the garden too because some people are going to stand in your path and they don't even realize they're doing it um and they're going to be in your way to success and be pulling you back and encouraging you to stay in that quiet desperation unfortunately yeah and as sad as it is um, I think we all have people in our life that are that way. And, and sometimes we just need to set them aside and mm-hmm. not focus them on them as a, a priority relationship within our lives. Yeah. Um, so part of this process too is it's helping you understand those who, who are your encouragers and who, who are going to be your ongoing critics no matter what you do. Right. And I, um, I've been very fortunate that not that everybody understood what I was doing or why I was doing it in the beginning, but I've had, um, I think as, partially as you get experience and start to prove that, you yes. know, or start to move along that people who might've been naysayers in the beginning start to su- be supportive and like, oh, Absolutely. and then right. get inspired to do something similar too. So right. that's, um, that's been a good experience for me, but it is taking that courage just, just to at least start because if you are concerned about what everyone is going to say or think you're going to have a really hard time even getting started. You have to start and then hope that most people will come along. And Mm -hmm. from my experience, a lot of them have, Mm -hmm. um, and that, and then you're right. You're also creating, you know, you're creating this, this, um, group of people who then are inspired to do something for themselves too. Right. And, you know, there's this, um, I was talking about this crab in the crab in a bucket, uh, method all or mentality if you're familiar with that the crabs you don't need to put a top on it because they'll pull the crab right. back down yeah. when they're right. trying to escape it's true mm-hmm. and that's what i see is that when someone is trying to do something different and you know people will try to pull them back down like wait right. a second but you know you i also look on them with compassion too and that Mm, yes compassion yeah and that they just it's just different than what they're used to so it's not something they're familiar with so when you try to change something like that they're going to be like whoa what's going on and oh yes you shouldn't do that that's not safe and Mm -hmm. the safety thing is something that 
you know, of course, all of us have, um, you want to continue to be safe, but when you become an entrepreneur, you have to redefine safety and, exactly. and also know that uh, as much as we want safety, there's no real security. It's an illusion. You know, it's, it's an illusion and probably going to drive a lot of people crazy to think about that. But if you think about what just happened mm, yes. COVID, right. and how many people who thought they had a very, very secure job poof, you know, just like that. Right. Yes. Right. Who would have ever thought? Mm -hmm. And, um, it just was something, I think it's a little eye opening is that that level of security was definitely challenged in the last. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, especially in this scenario too, where we had a fairly strong economy as it was, and no one was expecting, you know, the right. economy to go downhill, but all of a sudden some external event comes in this unseen unknown thing that we <laughs> it's hard to even wrap our mind around it really turns everything upside down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. And we just, those things are going to happen in life, right? We're going to have those things and there is no absolute certainty. We all crave some level of certainty, but I, I frankly, I believe we all crave some level of uncertainty too. If everything's certain, life is boring. That's so true. That's you true. need to have a good mix of both. We all, as human yeah. creatures, we, we want a level of certainty. We want some routine but we also crave a level of uncertainty. And that's one of the things I try to bring out in dreams is yeah. what is some of those wild, crazy stuff that you wanted to do for some, one person might be, I always wanted to play the guitar. Well, let's figure out how you're going to start playing the guitar. Then that, mm -hmm. that little one little thing in their life could change their whole perspective on so many other things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You could start, start with one dream that's smallish, smallish, right. and then it's you build and build and build when you start um, start doing that. I know my husband started playing guitar because mm -hmm. he was someone when I first met him or not even not just first met him probably within the last five or six years finally started I'm like hey what do you want you know what do you want in your life what do you want what do you dream of and he's like ah, I don't do that <laughs> never did like right. he just never yeah. allowed himself or maybe yeah. he did and then he, he kind of um, unraveled after a while but you know, he picked up guitar and now, right. now I'm like, you know, we moved to Florida. There's a lot of things that now I got to be like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> slow yeah. down. I got all these right. things yeah. to do and that's awesome. But um, yeah, it was relearning that and starting small with just picking up the guitar or, you know, right. whatever. whatever um, thing I'm a huge doing. believer in starting small. I'll actually show you this. Can you see this? Um, yes, I can. This is what I call the best version flywheel. Cool. And I'll walk you through it. And this is my best artistic ability, by the way. All right. It's, it's pretty so, brilliant. <laughs> you start on top with a dream. And like you said, start with something relatively small and short yeah. term. Soon as you have that dream and articulate it, you move over here. In order to achieve that, you're going to have to plan for it. And you're going to probably have to foster some new skills. Mm -hmm. but then in doing that, you're ultimately going to achieve that dream. Yeah. And then you're going to build confidence and then you're ready to dream bigger. Oh yeah. So what you hit on with starting small is a huge aspect of this. Yeah, absolutely. Start with something that's small because once you get momentum on this flywheel, mm -hmm. it grows and grows and grows and every iteration you get more confident and are ready to dream bigger. That's awesome. I, that's perfect. It's so true. And I've seen that in my own life too. And just seeing how um, I spoke on a different podcast that, I, you know, I started out small and what people see now of me 
following dreams and yes. you know, on stuff like that. They're seeing, you know, like the iceberg where, you know, they didn't see all the stuff behind the scenes yeah. for years right building up to this now they're seeing this as it is now you just see the overnight success right yes <laughs> yes the 10 year overnight success right that's what they yes. say <laughs> so there's some story behind that is a picasso story where he's on a sidewalk and uh and draws a picture for someone they ask him to draw a picture of them a portrait of him and he draws a picture in there and he asks then they ask him like and they ask him how much and, and i think he says something like you know $20,000. And they're like, what? You spent two minutes on that. He's yeah. like, actually, I spent 50 years on it. And I, I probably screwed, screwed up that story. It was all the investment of the time ahead of time that's really makes it valuable and him able to do that in a short period of time. So never yeah. underestimate your value. That's huge because, yeah, I, I, I remember seeing something similar where it's like, you're not paying me for the time it took me to do this. You're paying me for the years to gain the skill. Right. Exactly. And that's, yeah, I, I know that um, and people evaluate valuing themselves and how they charge people. They're mm -hmm. valuing how easy it is for them to do it, but it wasn't right. like always easy. They had to learn. It's an hour of your time. However, look what yes. went into getting me to be able to be in a position to invest yeah. that out and be effective yeah. for you. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did you decide that you wanted to go out and do this on your own? And how did you make that transition from what we were doing in corporate, which I don't think we got into your background there and to doing this um, on your own. Yeah, well, I did. It, it's as it usually is. It's a bit of a bumpy road, right? Uh, but I spent more in a traditional and insurance company. I was with an insurance company for 15 years. Great opportunity. 360 degree view of the organization. Got to do a lot of different things and really hone my leadership style and approach. Uh, I always gravitated towards people engagement, people development, and culture. Um, so as I got a little bit later in my career, um, I didn't know it at the time, but I was struggling with that quiet desperation. You know, I was going to just showing up to work, doing the best I could, scrambling home. I had a decent commute at that time, trying to get to the kids' events. They get to bed. I'm exhausted. Start the whole thing over again, right? Mm -hmm. I got into that routine, and I just couldn't take it anymore. And I'll, I won't advise this to anyone, <laughs> but one day I quit. I just quit. Yeah. I had in the back of my mind, I'm like, you've developed enough skills, dude, that you can go do something in the consulting realm. Um, but I, I, I just went in one day, it was in a meeting and something just triggered. And I, that afternoon I said, I'm done. <laughs> so I, I put in my notice and I was there for about another month and then did some consulting work on the way out. Mm -hmm. um, but it, again, I want to advise someone to do that without having some semblance of a plan, which I did not have a very well thought out plan at that point. <laughs> now you're a big planner, right? Right. <laughs> but in, 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 the, in reality, I truly believe that if I hadn't done it and made that decision at that point in time, that I probably would have never made it. So it happened for a reason, all right? Mm -hmm. So I jumped out then and I was doing some traditional consulting work, which I'll, I'll say is helping an organization move some sort of project or initiative from point A to point B when they don't have the resources or the expertise. So I, I started doing some of that work. Um, and then during that period of time, I came across that Matthew Kelly book uh, called The Dream Manager. I'm like, huh, this is interesting. This is an interesting concept. And I kept a close eye on it. I started at that point, I was consulting for a company and they asked me to come and join them. And after a little bit of resistance, I did 
jump in for two and a half years and, and really became an employee of their organization. But I also had this dream manager thing in my mind. I'm like, I'm going to start applying concepts of this dream manager thing to my leadership style. So in my one-on-ones with my people, I started getting into, you know, what are your life goals and dreams? Help me understand, you know, what's going on? And it was crazy how much tighter of a relationship you created and how much more those people felt valued, even by informally having those dialogues with them and helping them, you know, start to put the wheels in motion to achieve some of those dreams. I started to see it work. And then within, you know, that last year there, I'm like, okay, this is something, Mark, this is your purpose. You know it is. You need to go spread the word on this one and help other small to medium-sized companies do the same thing. Uh, it took me a while to build up that courage in 2019 to actually jump back out and do that. Um, so at that point, I, I started to take it a little more seriously. Uh, I reached out to the author of the book, got a consulting company, Matthew Kelly has a consulting company called Floyd Consulting. So I reached out to them to see what sort of certification they had. Mm-hmm. And they did have a certification class. And I procrastinated on it for a little while. And then finally, I'm like, no, I'm going. My wife and I had a good conversation on it. And I got her support. And uh, I went and did that and became a certified dream manager. And then at that point, I'm like, okay, now it's time for you to go out and bring this to other organizations and help them see the value of it. Um, so that's kind of the journey from very traditional to just one, one day quitting, getting <laughs> the consulting work, to yeah. having that consulting work lead to another short two or two and a half year gig of helping an organization where I had an opportunity to experiment a little bit with the concepts of the dream manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, having it really come back to me and say, and it was one of those things, I think we all have them that just won't go away. You try to push it away. You're like, no, that's not me. And it's, it, it, I identified that as my purpose at that point in time. And then as soon as I started having courage to have conversations with people, to your point earlier, I was so scared. Yeah. People, what are people going to think? What's my dad going to think? What are my best friends going to think? They're going to think I'm absolutely crazy. They're going to make fun of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It, totally. And then yeah. it's funny though, but when you, when you actually confront that and you have those conversations, some of the people I thought were going to be most critical of it or the biggest skeptics ended up being the biggest supporters. And I was blown away, jaw dropping. And when I have a conversation with my wife on it, she's like, really? They, they felt strongly about that? I wouldn't have expected that. Right. So it, I think we build things up in our minds a lot of times of how people are going to react. Absolutely. And a lot of times that's the mental barrier is the biggest one. And in reality, they, they react in a completely different manner a lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been invaluable. It's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. I'm kind of working now towards, you know, as a, as a certified dream manager in, in my business onward, I've kind of positioned myself where I want to help small to medium-sized businesses make this a part of their culture. Because yeah. a lot of larger, larger organizations have adopted it and they've brought on a full-time dream manager to kind of play this role. But there's a lot of small to medium-sized businesses that can't necessarily afford that financial commitment out sure. of the gates. Right. So they can bring on a person like me in a fractional nature sure. uh, to be their, their dream manager where I'm there, I help them through a dream storm process, I help them introduce the program. But then I do one-on-one coaching with those individuals that really are fired up about this and want to start making their life goals and dreams come to reality. That's very cool. And a lot of um, small businesses you know, I think in a large business, employee engagement is a big thing, but small businesses, when you have an employee that's not engaged, you feel it so much more yes. because of the small size right. or the medium size. Right. 
you feel that um, disengagement a lot more. Mm. And um, yes. having losing an employee is such so much more impactful than in a large organization. Yes. Well, you lose them. That's one thing from a retention perspective. Right. Or even worse, they quit and stay. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? The quit and stay right. are probably just as draining on your organization, if not more so. Yes. And that's where I call it the water. You know, retention and all that stuff is the byproduct or the lagging indicator. There's a lot of leading indicators that go into engagement. What's engagement look like? To me, it looks like what the what's the energy level your people bring to work on a daily basis? And you know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not objective and something you can measure to a T, but you know what energy people bring to work on a daily basis. That energy is grounded in, I'll say, their happiness level in life. Their happiness level is grounded in, are they working towards something, i.e., life goals and dreams. That's how it all fits together. Chances are if their energy level is poor, they're not engaged. If their energy level is poor, they're probably somewhat unhappy. And I bet you if you unravel that a bit, they're not working towards anything. They don't have that North Star out there. Mm -hmm. Then you start to see that the energy level is there. How does that affect your water cooler talk within your organization? Yeah. And by that, I mean your informal chatter, right? So at the water cooler, the coffee pot, or you know, any informal environment, hallway conversation or virtual, you know, uh, in, a, in a Zoom setting, what do people talk about? They talk about weather, which we're all guilty of, that we're humans, that's what we talk about. We talk about weather. If we have sports going on, which we don't so much right now, they talk about sports, right? Yeah. Or even worse, they complain and they commiserate, right? Yeah. And they gossip. As soon as people start understanding and knowing each other's dreams, you start to change that water cooler talk. Ah, oh, yes. Right. You learn that, you know, you learn that I learned that Wendy wants to go to Alaska in an RV. Cool. Wendy wants to go to Alaska in an RV. I see her at the water cooler talk and I happen to know my brother-in-law who lived up there for three years and has these off the beaten path spots that Wendy should go. I'm going to bring that up. Yeah. That we're not going to be gossiping or talking about sports anymore. We're going to be having more in-depth conversations. So I think it's powerful for people to not only articulate and plan for their their personal life goals and dreams. I think it's extremely valuable from a vulnerability perspective in your organization to get each other to, to wherever comfort, wherever they're comfortable to share life goals and dreams with each other. Cause you start to change that water cooler talk. And that is a direct, that's one of those leading indicators in my opinion of your engagement level. What's yeah. your chatter, what's your chatter sound like? What's your energy level people bring to the table on a daily basis? Yeah. Those are, those are close, closely related. And then the final one is really, what what do your one-on-one organizations look like between your manager and direct report? Mm-hmm. Are they all business related? When's the or when's the last time you had a conversation about something that's meaningful that's happening outside of work for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as you go there, things start to change. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't feel equipped to have those conversations. It's an uncomfortable conversation. It's a difficult conversation for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, people think of <laughs> the tough conversations at work being conflict oriented. I'll argue that that's half the equation. The other half of the equation is daring to have a more intimate conversation with your employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you got to, you have to be willing to step into there if you really want to take your engagement to that whole next level. 
Yeah. And I, if I think about the bosses that I've had that were stellar and then the not so stellar ones, the yeah. ones that knew, you know, like, how are your kids? You know, you know, the, you know, the kids by name, the husband by name and right. knew um, that we were going to Chicago this weekend. And that that's the ones that I was loyal to the most. Um, those are the ones that, that I even probably beyond what I wanted to, you know, stay, how long I wanted to stay, yes. I stayed because I was loyal and I really appreciated that level of um, just being on each other. You know, it's like, felt like you're on a team and that you were on equal footing. Yes. And, right. You know, of course have, have, um, know that there's still a little hierarchy there and if you had to have that kind of conversation however it just was really right um, really cool to have that level of of thing and of 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 a relationship and i also think that when you people complain to connect i know yeah. i do right oh we're all guilty of it Absolutely. yeah so if you can change that conversation that's mm -hmm. huge and connect in a different way that's huge it's amazing so yeah. changing the water cooler talk changes the game i'm telling you yes well now what's the new water cooler when we've got zoom meetings and right i don't know we have to figure i have to figure out a new terminology i know you're right yeah we'll have to see what we'll have to come up with something new there i'm not sure what this is <laughs> exactly <laughs> but well this has been an amazing conversation thank you so much for your insight um how can people find you um, you can visit me on my website at onwarddream.com. It's all one word, but onwarddream.com. Or just find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Mark Kumachek, and that's uh, C-U-M-I-C-E-K, right? You got it. Awesome. awesome. That doesn't we'll remember it. That's not, a, that's not a last name people hear very often. No. Or, or spell correctly. So right. Kudos. Right. That's awesome. awesome. Hey, Thank you. I got a good memory for that kind of stuff and not a very good memory for other things. <laughs> I hear you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Wendy. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for listening in to the Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. And if you're ready to create a life and business that you don't need a vacation from, be sure to reach out to me at facebook.com forward slash your permanent vacation. And also be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes. Have a great day. Take care now. Bye.